Welcome to the ugly truth. Step one, train the people only to consume. Step two, infiltrate adults with the news. Step three, indoctrinate the children through the schools and the music and the apps on the phones that they use. Step four, separate the right from the left. Step five, separate the white from the black. Step six, separate the rich from the poor. Use religion and equality to separate them more. Step seven, fabricate a problem made a lie. Step eight, put it on the news every night. Step nine, when people start to fight and divide, take control. This is called situational design they can't stop us cause we're ready to fight trying to brainwash us but we won't let freedom die the whole world's brainwashed everybody pick a team start a riot in the streets the whole world's brainwashed it's us against them it ain't you against me we're with you tom we will not back down this is the ugly truth hard to listen to but impossible to ignore. This is going to be another good one. Oh, gosh. We've got some good programs tonight. This is the mm-hmm. ugly truth. Hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. <clears throat> so, we have all come across on a daily basis certain chemicals that could be considered dangerous, whether we know it or not. For those of us who grew up in the 70s or earlier, I'm sure that you remember one particular substance that was used widely It was later banned in 1972 because it was determined in 1962 to be one of the most dangerous applications ever approved and distributed by the U.S. government. (laughs) Do you remember what it was called? Oh, uh, DDT. That's right. So, DDT. Was that your answer out there? I hope it was because everybody in our age bracket remembers that stuff it's a killer right okay it's a killer let's keep reading so what is ddt and where does it come from ddt is dichloro diphenyl trichloroethane commonly known as ddt it's colorless tasteless and almost odorless crystalline chemical compound and an organic chloride (laughs) originally developed as an insecticide it became infamous for its environmental impacts Well, of course, we knew that. DDT was first synthesized, actually, in 1874 by Austrian chemist Othmar Zeidler. So, what is it used for? Let's let's get to the meat of this here. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, which, by the way, was created because of DDT. Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) according to the Environmental Protection Agency, DDT was developed as the first of the modern synthetic insecticides in the 1940s. It was initially used with great effect to combat malaria, typhus, and other insect-borne human diseases. Among both military and civilian populations, it was also effective for insect control in crop and livestock production, institutions, homes, and gardens. I didn't pull up the video of them spraying the DDT on the cattle and on the people's beds and in their homes. Every little nook and cranny, every crevice, every corner. Yes, people had personal injectors like pens where they could squirt little corners of their uh, surroundings in their homes. Every little corner was supposed to have... Anyway, DDT's quick success as a pesticide and broad use in the United States and other countries led to the development of resistance by many insect pest species. Now, that's according to the Environmental Protection Agency. Remember, that paragraph was according to them. The Environmental Protection Agency says that the insects developed resistance. Okay, it's possible. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not. So is it deadly dangerous? DDT is deadly dangerous. 
to insects. <laughs> yes, yes. However, when used in accordance to the manufacturer's specifications, the organic chlorine compounds were considered to be relatively safe, but the objection to their use stemmed from the fact that they are not degraded by natural biological processes and become a permanent part of the environment. And what they mean by that is uh, DDT has a half-life of 15 years. So it actually only breaks down half in the soil after 15 years. So it actually sticks around. Okay. So if it's a good thing, that's a good thing. If it's a bad thing, that's a bad thing, right? Right. So anyway, it's got a lot of stick aroundness. <laughs> what about humans and other animals? Well, since absorption from the gut is poor, the major portion of ingested DDT is excreted unchanged in the feces, with the remaining DDT excreted in the bile or stored in tissue from which it is removed and gradually eliminated in the urine. DDT is metabolized by the liver is fat-soluble, and therefore its absorption through the skin is enhanced when present in an oil-based solution or emulsion form. Absorption by the lung is rapid when DDT is present as an aerosol. So, what happened? Let's talk about the book that started it all. In order to completely understand the issues associated with DDT, one must know how the chemical operates once applied to an organism. In short, DDT attacks the nervous system via the obstruction of natural nerve impulses, which can cause symptoms such as loss of coordination, convulsions, and vomiting in both animals and humans. However, before scientific research was released during the 1960s and the publication of Silent Spring, no one could have understood the full extent to which DDT affected the natural environment, including human life. This ignorance persisted until Rachel Carson helped bring these issues into the public with her book, Silent Spring. On the first page of the book, widely credited with launching the environmental movement as well as bringing about the ban on DDT, Rachel Carson wrote, quote, Dedicated to Albert Schweitzer, who said, quote, Man has lost the capacity to foresee and forestall. He will end by destroying the earth. She surely knew that he was referring to atomic warfare, but she implied that he meant there were deadly hazards from chemicals such as DDT. Because I had already found a great many untruths in her book, I obtained a copy of Dr. Schweitzer's autobiography to see whether he even mentioned DDT. And guess what? What? He wrote, How much labor and waste of time these wicked insects do cause, but a ray of hope in the use of DDT is now held out to us. <laughs> DDT is no stranger to propaganda. For every one man killed in battle, malaria would kill eight, which gave the United States a stepping stone from which to push its DDT agenda during the war. DDT was used largely due to its reasonable cost, demonstrated effectiveness, and persistence in killing insects. Mm. DDT was also on the commercial and residential levels by farmers on the crops. They, were, they used it everywhere, and in office buildings to control insects. The insecticides also proved to be relatively inexpensive to manufacture and stayed in the environment for a long time, effectively killing any insects that came along within a certain range. So, were there any official studies was my next question. Okay. This is my article based on the two sources cited at the end of the page. The DDT, a case study by scientific fraud by J. Gordon Edwards, Dr. Edwards, and The Silent Decade, why it took 10 years to ban DDT in the United States. And, of course, my other source was the Environmental Protection Agency. So were there any official studies? 
Well, between 1946 and 1950, cases of malaria fell from approximately 400,000 to practically none because of the use of DDT. Okay, malaria kills. It killed 500 million people a year prior to its approval. Wow. DDT is still used today in parts of South America, Asia, and Africa with the aim of controlling malaria in places that may not be able to afford more expensive and potentially safer alternatives, which we'll cover later, don't exist. <laughs> As one can see, the early stages of DDT's development showed much promise and cost-effectiveness when dealing with global diseases. Because of the ban on DDT in the United States in 72, restrictions have been applied to its use. DDT can be legally produced in the U.S., but it can only be sold or used by foreign countries. Two of the major reasons behind the ban of DDT were the scientific evidence that exhibited buildup in the fatty tissues of wildlife, and that was in the fish and the birds, while persisting in the natural environment, like I said, in the ground and the half-life, right. and proved the existence of an evolutionary resistance that insects began to develop towards the chemical. And that actually was proven, according to them, they, they broke down the genome of the mosquito. They had discovered, they believed that it developed a new sequence that was resistant to the DDT that they had at the time. So they okay. did supposedly find this new genome sequence. A case study in scientific fraud, as quoted earlier, supported our belief that the government has been using science to commit fraud on multiple fronts. Mm -hmm. what, do I, what do I mean by this? We just talked about DDT, how dangerous it was, and that it was outlawed. What's so but wrong about that? But there's a fraud, but it's fraudulent. Well, what's going on there? I don't know. Well, let's keep reading. The chemical compound that has saved more human lives than any other compound in history, DDT, was banned by the order of one man. This is going to sound very similar to a case in 1936. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the head of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, which was created because of their study of DDT, public pressure was generated by one popular book and sustained by faulty or fraudulent research. Widely believed claims of carcinogenicity, toxicity to birds, anti-androgenetic properties, and prolonged environmental persistence are false or grossly exaggerated. The worldwide effect of the U.S. ban has been millions of preventable deaths. And that's according to the case study. So the worldwide effect of DDT is preventing death. Yes. Isn't this weird? Are we in Truman's Matrix? No, the ugly truth. I mean, it's pretty weird. On, here's more. Now, remember, they found out it was, they used it in the 40s. Mm -hmm. It was bad. And they said, oh, in 62, it's got to be outlawed. They decided, okay. We, we've discovered in 62 it's bad from her book, right? It wasn't until 72. Took 10 years yes. to outlaw it. The U.S. EPA released a report claiming that people in the United States were ingesting 15 milligrams of DDT every day. In response to a letter stating that this was obviously untrue, an EPA official responded. He said, you are correct in stating that EPA's DDT report aired on human dietary uptake. The correct figure should have been 15 micrograms per day rather than 15 milligrams per day. <laughs> that, that makes a thousand times difference. Right. Indeed, the EPA did issue a correction stating that the actual number was a thousand times less than the given in the report. Human volunteers in Georgia, though, lined up to ingest up to 35 milligrams, the bigger amount, mm -hmm. daily for nearly two years, darling. Two years. And they daily. Not, yeah, daily. 35. And they said... People were ingesting 15, and they were wrong. It was 15 micrograms, which is 0. .00015. <laughs> so the, the workers in the Montrose Chemical Company had 1,300 man years of exposure, 
And there was never any case of cancer during 19 years of continuous exposure of 17 milligrams per man per day. Somebody lying. Yep. Concerns were sometimes raised about possible carcinogenic effects of DDT, but insisted its metabolites were often found to be carcinogenic, significantly reducing tumors in rats. Oh. <laughs> DDT ingestion induces hepatic microsomal enzymes, which destroy carcinogenic aflatoxins and therefore inhibit tumors. Hmm. Hold on a second. This is sounding again, a lot like that 1936 story. Again, saving lives? Saving lives, curing hmm. diseases, but at no or low cost. But it's horrible for the it, environment. It's terrible. After an 80-day okay. hearing in 1972 on the potential of carcinogenicity, the EPA concluded that, quote, it was one bullet that killed Kennedy. <laughs> no, sorry, 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 sorry. No, sorry. The EPA concluded that DDT is not carcinogenic. Wait, okay. hold on, hold on. In 72. And after an 80-day hearing in 1972 on the potential for carcinogenicity, after, after 10 years of hearing that it's bad for you in Rachel's book and all that, they concluded that it, it, quote, is not carcinogenic hazard for man. Nevertheless, even though his own agency said that, the EPA administrator, William Ruckelhaus, Ruckelshaus, whatever his name is, Ruckelshaus, banned DDT two months later. Stating that DDT poses a carcinogenic risk to humans. Because I say so. Yep. The primary evidence used to support his assertion was two animal studies. The first was challenged because it was not replicated by other workers using similar dosages and because the findings may have resulted from food contamination. The second study, which was nearly a lethal dose, reported hepatomas in 32% of the experimental group compared to 4% of the control group. However, the tumors were not shown to be malignant and the litters were not distributed randomly. <laughs> so, many anti-DDT activists allege that DDT was killing birds or causing them to produce thin-shelled eggs. Well, this is all over the literature. If I you remember look, that. You look on Google, that's going to be mm -hmm. the number one effect. That's going that Everybody's going to tell you the number one effect of DDT poisoning is the thinner eggshells. Yeah. Okay. Some extremists even wrote that because of DDT, birds were dropping from the sky dead. Oh, but there weren't 5G towers then. <laughs> oh, yeah. They weren't <laughs> dropping dead. No. Others said that birds were falling out of trees by the thousands. No, people were jumping out of buildings after they heard the report of the world's going to end <laughs> on world. Yeah, right? Right. So no such on tragedies. No such tragedies actually occurred. They're all hoaxes, guys. Not even to a few birds. Hold on now, hold on. This contradicts what I thought I knew here. Not even to a few birds? It was easy to test such claims of toxicity by simply feeding known quantities of DDT to caged birds. <laughs> well, just give it to them directly. What happened? Even extreme amounts of DDT in the food did not seriously poison the birds. So even the story about the birds eating the poison fish from the rivers and the lakes mm -hmm. is not even true. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Rachel Carson declared that, like the robin, here's some more good truths, right? Mm. Here we go. Here's a, this is such good stuff here. Rachel Carson declared that, like the robin, another American bird, the bald eagle, seems to be on the verge of extinction. That same year, Roger Tory Peterson, America's greatest ornithologist, wrote that the robin was, quote, the most abundant bird in North America. <laughs> 
Okay, so is it ex- going extinct or is it the most abundant bird? Well, ornithologist is a bird. Yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's more than an author of a little book about right. the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Ornithologist, I guess. Yeah. A, a, a uh, bird scientist. Bird scientist. Yeah, correct. we're really smart here, you know. <laughs> we're smart once we research something, but we're not smart unless we know it. So we don't know what an ornithologist is, but we're guessing it's a bird ornithologist person. Ornithologist is, is, yes. So mm-hmm. let's keep going. I got a lot of stuff here. So what are the alternatives to DDT? Well, the alternatives to DDT is an array of equally dangerous and toxic chemicals. Ha, ah, surprise. I looked mm-hmm. it up myself. And that currently, uh, that carry official approval. Remember, approval does not mean they got it right. Time has proven that over and over and over. Right. Let me just go through a few examples, other examples of scientific fraud here, because that's our point in this article. There is scientific fraud, especially in the area of DDT, but in these other places. The most common examples of fraud in the United States appear to be environmental, including acid rain, ozone holes, (laughs) carbon dioxide, ultraviolet radiation, global cooling, global warming, endangered species, and pesticides. This article primarily concerned DDT, but here are just a few of the others that used science that said, follow the science. The good one at the top, C19, number two is HIV. That's another one that told you that these people were going to infect the world and all this HIV garbage. And also, number three, the Van Allen radiation belts. From the time they were discovered up until we wanted to go to the moon, they were the most dangerous thing and couldn't be traveled through. Yep. Uh, but for the four-year period that we wanted to go to the moon, and, or for the four-year period that we went to the moon multiple times, suddenly the Van Allen radiation belts were no longer even An mentioned issue. or even dangerous. And then, at, back in 1972 then, all of a sudden, same year DDT was outlawed. But anyway, yeah. uh, in 1972 then, once again, the Van Allen radiation belts are deadly dangerous and they can't be traveled through. And today... NASA's even saying there must have been an ozone hole in the Van Allen belts in there that, you for that go. four year time period. Right. That's what it was. Very good. <laughs> well, okay, so another one on the list that uses they say trust the science mm-hmm. that they said was this is was gonna kill everybody. It was like the deadliest substance ever and they had to outlaw it because it was growing wild. The and, devil's weed? Yeah, the devil's uh, devil's lettuce. The de- devil's lettuce, yeah. that's right. It's like marijuana is the most evil thing in the world and they had this reefer madness in the sixties and in th- from the thirties to the sixties and you know what? And there was a huge lineup of dead dead druggies, right? Nope, no, no, no. Nobody died from nobody it. Nobody died. And actually now between then and now, the government actually used to issue pre-rolled cigarettes, they call them joints, mm-hmm. uh, to people, soldiers even. Soldiers, like cans yes. of joints, like, here you go, here's your month's supply. Yeah, uh, because in Vietnam, they were struggling with their anxiety. and anxiety, right. Right? Yeah. And they, they needed something to calm they, them. They gave them other things in Vietnam, if you want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. They gave them LSD, but that wasn't yeah. on my list here. That was another one of those science bafoos. Yes. Faboos. Anyway, so another one we learned this week was brain dead. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you this real quick, guys. Scientific research is, you, you. this is just such a big lie. There's no such thing as being brain dead. You cannot... You, you can classify someone as brain dead, but the reason that someone is classified as brain dead is to be able to take them off of life support. But before you do that, then you go ahead and take the organs. It's all about the organs. You cannot, listen to this, you cannot take organs from a corpse. Yep. You have to be living. Brain dead is actually an excuse. And I'm going to give you a 
specific podcast on that that we will do in the future mm-hmm. from a doctor who testifies to this fact that there is no such thing as being brain dead. Also, the government told us there's no such thing as UFOs. And then they said, <laughs> well, they're not really UFOs. They, well, let's just call them UAPs. And then they do exist. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Change the definition to fit our narrative. Yeah, and then they do exist, and they're telling us all kinds of stuff about it, like biological materials being found, and now today non-human saw, biologics, yes. Yeah, and today we found something. Uh, who was who was uh, you talking to, or who, what? What'd you show me right before we went on the air? Uh, flesh-eating robots. Oh yes, gonna, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, it was on Joe Rogan. They're they're working on, or they have these flesh-eating AI robots. That these can go AI on. robots that uh, their fuel source is human flesh yeah they're zombies yeah it's a zombie apocalypse welcome welcome to zombie apocalypse yes okay here we go and also statistical impossibilities like you're looking on the screen you're probably like when are you going to talk about that okay (laughs) statistical impossibilities is another one where they say follow the science and the data follow the data follow the data okay let's follow the freaking data okay there's no way that during an election with only two candidates going against each other, that there can be that anomaly of that spike like that on right. either one of them. Right. So they're faking it on both of them. Mm-hmm. Because you can't have a straight-up spike like that. And, and this doesn't even show what really happened because, you know, if we showed the real chart, I don't know where I got this one here. This but one's the a real chart shows that it goes... Bo- Whitmer Duncan or something. Okay. Yeah. Well, the blue one was way below, and then it went, shoop, spiked over the red. And That it- was a different candidate, I believe. Yeah, it was Trump and yeah. Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can't say that, though. Okay, so if you scroll down a little bit, let's just see what it looked like for the 2020 election for president by, by state, by county here. Look at this map on there, by county. What map, what color does that map look to you? Yeah, right? It's primarily red. It's not really purple, is it? No, there's not much purple at all, and it's really, really, really mostly red. Yep. But yet, he lost. Big time. He lost big time. Red lost big time. Look at that chart, and you can see, obviously, red lost. Okay. (laughs) So, scientific fraud has its tentacles in every aspect of our lives now, so buyer, beware. So, what's the bottom line here? We talked about DDT, and then we flipped over to these other frauds. But let's get to the bottom line. What is this all about? Isn't it always about the money? Always. Follow the money. You told me. Follow the money. Got to well, follow DDT the money. Well, DDT was affordable. Remember, it was readily available to just mm-hmm. about anyone from the 40s to the 60s. There was no big money involved. DDT was everywhere, and it was very effective at saving lives. In fact, the big money was coming in the form of donations from big corporations and supplies of DDT to different areas of the country and to military installations and to other countries. Hmm. So currently... Here's the problem. No obvious efforts are being made to reduce the number of infected mosquito adults or larvae, and neither the WHO nor any of the dozens of recent malaria researchers have proposed plans to help save human lives by killing mosquitoes or their larvae. Let me repeat that. Nobody's doing anything about those damn mosquitoes. (laughs) Such humane preventive endeavors have not even been mentioned in recent years. Instead... Hundreds of millions of dollars, here it comes, here it comes. Instead, hundreds of millions of dollars are devoted to the search for... Vaccines? Vaccines, which might or might not be effective. So, vaccines, are you serious? Here we go again. 
At least two malaria vaccine researchers have been indicted. Dr. Myodrag Ristik received $3.28 million in grants but developed nothing. In 1990, he was indicted on four counts and heavily fined but not imprisoned. Dr. Wasim Siddiqui of the University of Hawaii, who had claimed that his vaccine was almost ready for clinical trials, was accused by the U.S. Inspector General of an apparent diversion and theft of funds, submission of false claims, and criminal conspiracy. Siddiqui was arrested by Honolulu police that very day that the Vaccine Research Office awarded him another $1.65 million to continue his research. <laughs> Hawaiian Senator Inouye then announced on live television that if Siddiqui was handed any more federal funds, he personally would see to it that the University of Hawaii would never get another grant of federal research money. Siddiqui served six months of house detention, but the local newspapers reported that he was still receiving his salary of $92,000 a year, Ugh. even though not teaching classes. Wow. The malaria protections that were hoped for to be replaced... The mosquito controls have simply been expensive fantasies. <laughs> With no better methods available, past mosquito control programs were terminated. From 1974 to 1977, the U.S. Import-Export Bank financed more than $3 billion of pesticides, saving millions of human lives. So dozens of other countries where massive numbers of malaria deaths continue to occur also cannot receive federal financial aid unless they agree to control mosquitoes by not using DDT. So the WHO will not give them funding unless they don't use DDT. So you can use it in that country, but they don't get any help with it. The, oh. ban, on, the ban on DDT founded an erroneous or fraudulent reports and imposed by one powerful bureaucrat has caused millions of deaths while sapping the strength and productivity of countless human beings in underdeveloped countries. It is time for an honest appraisal and for immediate deployment of the best currently available means to control insect-borne diseases. This means DDT. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I, I had no clue. And none of us did. Because, no. of course, again, we were supposed to follow the science. There's got to be a better way than killing off the insects. There's got to be a better way. That, that's all they were thinking. It was completely innocent. There was no conspiracy here. They were just trying to find a better way, so they decided it's going to be in the form of vaccines. Hmm. So after those two guys got indicted, I don't know what has happened since, so we may have to have a follow-up report on where we are on fighting those mosquito-borne illnesses. And thank you for listening to The Ugly Truth, because they can't stop us. Cause we're ready to fight, trying to brainwash us But we won't let freedom die, the whole world's brainwashed Everybody pick a team, start a riot in the streets The whole world's brainwashed It's us against them, it ain't you against me The Ugly Truth, hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore